I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which was uh, kind of a uniform choice, kind of a both us choice type thing. We talked about it, discussed it and decided to roll with it is what we ultimately ended up deciding. Right. Yes. No. Maybe. I think so. Hope. I hope. Originally, I was like, we should totally do it, mainly because I wanted to rewatch it. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, when you agreed, it made it even better. Right. Uh. But before all that, we were uh honestly talking about our experience, uh, first time streaming on Twitch, which is where we're going to be live streaming from now on for all the show recordings and everything like that. Uh, talked a little bit about Yu-Gi-Oh and some other things. If you want to catch a part of that wider conversation, you can join us live or you can go to patreon.com slash featured anime podcast. A dollar a month will get you access to that bonus content and more. And now on to the uh, me and brotatoes. Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Came out in October 2018, ran all the way through March 2019. Producers for it are Atlantis, uh, Kodansha, BS11, Bandai Namco, just to name a couple. Studio for it is 8-bit. It's based off of a manga. The genres for it are action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, and isekai. And it's uh, 24, I want to say, actually, I want to say 25 episodes. Because, uh, yeah, it's like, a, half is what they call it. Yeah, which is basically a recap through, um, Vildora's uh, perception as to what's going on and everything that's happening within that world for him. Uh, nice. I, I thought it, in my mind, it wasn't just a recap, but it was a retelling from a different person. Well, uh, you just said that, but I thought it was a really nice perspective, but from, from someone who's basically fangirling. Yeah. Yeah. In a manner of speaking, yeah, that's actually, that's, that's almost exactly what he was doing. He was, uh, Basically, fangirling the the entire time, which yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it is what it is. I loved every second of it. But anyway. uh, all right, so the basic of the story, right, is you have a man who's who becomes uh, Rimaru, the main protagonist of the story. Uh, he's in his thirties. He's meeting one of his junior coworkers to to kind of go out on a on a I want to say like lunch dinner type thing or whatever. And, you know, he's kind of tired of his monotonous lifestyle. He's never had a, a girlfriend or anything like that. And so while they're out, a dude just run is running through the street, holding a knife in front of him, I guess to hope to, so that way he hopefully stabs someone. And so Rimuru ends up saving uh, his uh, younger uh, friend or intern or whoever right? His younger counterpart and gets stabbed in the process and dies. Well, while he's dying, he's saying like, he wishes he wasn't cold. He wishes he wasn't hot. He wishes this, he wishes that, how much this and that. And so this system starts stating exactly 
like what it's going to grant him basically in the next life. And as a result, he gets reincarnated as a slime, as the, as the title would, <laughs> would entail, like as, as it was leave. Right. So, yeah. uh, this story is the entirety of him being a slime. And it's not that he's just a slime and he's slowly going through the world. He has a consciousness. He has his life experiences and he's taking that and applying it to the new world he's in. And he not him not understanding the rules of the world or anything like that is just like kind of progressing through. And he is crazy strong for a slime. And this is like insanely strong. To the point where well, you're like, eh, you, you, you shouldn't be that strong for a slime. Well, think of it like this. Here's the best way I can describe what actually happened. Let's say you're playing a game and you don't know there's more levels. You just know that you're in a enemy rich location. And after a little bit, you're able to assimilate these other powers. You're able to learn and, and consume. And you have a unique skill called, what was it? Predator? predatory something like that and whatever you eat you gain their powers now if you were to make that game and i would i would play it i would assume i would eat everything i could just like happens here to be fair it's just it doesn't just like he just doesn't gain their powers he gains the abilities to mimic them and other things so he could break down anything using it Mm -hmm. and find out the details and traits of it and even recreate or copy it Assuming he already ingested the materials, he basically has an unlimited size item bag in his stomach that he can house anything in of yeah. any size at all. In all honesty, like he he will eventually it may take a long time for him to get to it to consume it, but he is able to consume it. And it's so nice. Um, and the way that just like you said, it's kind of like a, a an item bag. If he can take it he, or if he can eat it and he can decompose it, he will gain its benefits. So basically, you're in a level one area, and you're farming to, to your heart's content. We, do you know how long he was there? I feel like it was a couple years he was just consuming and farming and consuming and farming because he didn't have any eyesight. He didn't know what was going on. He was just happily content in his level one zone, so to speak. Uh, and then he- they don't specify a time frame for it. They don't talk about the timing for it at all. You just, when you're given a reference of time for it, it's very vague. And when you're given like a hard timeline for it, it's when uh, Rimuru comes in contact with Veldora, who yes. at that point um, says, I've been here for 300 years and I would likely die uh, in another 100 years because of this. And... Hmm. So you're, you know, you're given that expectation, that viewpoint to where, okay, well, he is trapped in there. He's, he's uh, not trapped. I want to say he was sealed away and because of him being, yeah, yeah, confined because of this, he's not able to regenerate his magic or anything like that, which is causing him to die. But it's Mm -hmm. not a, it's not a fast death. He's been there isolated and alone for 300 years, unable to have a conversation, but since Rimuru was there, he was able to have that conversation, but he's still not able to break out of the barrier. And so thanks to his ability, he's able to, to consume it and compress it and move on. Consume you know. the barrier, take Veldora inside of him after they've had a conversation. Now, what I thought was really, really, really interesting was while yes, Veldora is very powerful, the barrier around him 
be, it doesn't really consume its own ma- uh, Veldor's magic. It does prevent him from regenerating the magic, yes, but I feel like it's sapping it away and giving it to the surrounding area, yes. which is why the, the area that he was in was so rich in, in magic energy in these crystals that he's able to compress into regenerative juice and, and energy and stuff like that. And that's one of the reasons why he was able to become as powerful as he was. Yes. Um, but after talking with um, Fuldura, he's like, I could probably analyze this from the outside. And the system, which is incredibly helpful to him, allows him to learn a bunch of stuff, such as seeing the the magic around him, visualizing it, and then creating eyeballs and right. seeing stuff like that. Well, they visualize the eyeballs, but he doesn't technically have eyeballs. He's yeah. You know, he it's just what he's what the the creators decided to uh, visually represent, right? To give him to mm. to help. Because, you know, just looking at a blob that doesn't give any kind of facial expressions or things like that is kind of. Oh, yeah. No, no. I I understand that it's mainly for us. But um, what I was trying to, like, imply was Rinmaru, while he's not able to use his faculties typically. Right. Once he gains the ability and the power to replicate other beings, then he can use the optical thing. And I think it even says in episode one or two, like, wow, these things look different. I prefer to see it. The way I saw it before, because I got used to that. Um, it's one of the reasons why you can't sneak up on him, because that that vision is always active. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. Um, the other thing is, and and they, I'm glad that they touch on it. I'm glad they talk about it, and they make this distinction very early on, in like the sec- first or second episode when Vildora uh, is talking to Rimuru, and they further expand on it and clarify it is, and you're even showing this at the very beginning too. That people come to their world through two other means, through two means. One, they they are summoned or they are reincarnated. And Mm. I'm assuming the reincarnation aspect of it is not as common as people being summoned, but it is common enough to where they know about it. Right. That or they're not. It's not that they're uh, reincarnated as a monster. They're reincarnated typically as humans who become, go on to become heroes. And yes. for him to be reincarnated as a monster, I think, is an unusual aspect. It's an unusual viewpoint of it. Mm. Well, you know, I, so this is going to sound I know I'm, I'm backtracking just a little bit. but I find it to be humorous and kind of important when he stabbed initially when he's going through the whole death process. The funniest part in this whole show to me is he's begging his his counterpart just delete my computer yes (laughs) and i think that comes into play when it's choosing what abilities he goes well i haven't been ever been with a woman so i'm probably a grandmaster wizard okay those abilities have been granted i'm cold i don't want to be cold those abilities to to be neutralized okay i don't want to be hot no problem electrocuted no problem yeah it's all these resistances and when it's going through that system when it's like, okay, you're going to get this power, you're going to get this power, you're going to get this power, and we're going to give you a unique power. It, you envision, before you get to see anything, this monster, this absolute unit of a being, and then it's a slime. Yes. But it's a, it's a slime with all of this ability and power. At, and resistances. Like level with, yeah, and with yeah. resistances and stuff like that. And you don't think of that. So whenever anybody meets Rinmaru, in his slime form, they're like, oh, it's nothing. But after he consumes Valdura, 
he ends up emitting this power that he's just walking. He's well, not he's rolling, I should say. And everything and everybody around him sees the aura. They don't see him. He's 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 insignificant. Everybody's running away because well, they they see this power. Just so here's the thing, right? Let me let me cut you off. So like they see the power, but is that his power that he's radiating? His power that he's seeing, or is he seeing? Are they seeing Veldora's power, or are they seeing a mixture of the two? Because it's not just him that he's like carrying around, and they were, and it's not like while he was sealed, they weren't able to sense Veldora. They were able to sense him still, even though he was sealed away. And that's what kept a lot of the monsters and everything in check is because he just radiated this aura, right? Mm -hmm. This control, like somebody who's in charge. Right. So, so my question is, right. And I know you're, you're not going to have an answer. just like, I don't have an answer is, is like, was that just his, he was radiating or was it everyone else's? And I know that they insinuate that they kind of tease that it was his, Mm -hmm. but was it personally i think it was and here's why i think it was he actually uh in a comment section old man jeb um said something very good the door's power and naming it's a combination so when he cons- when they when they became friends they named each other and in this anime naming has an immense power now, if you're strong enough benefits too if you're strong enough to name somebody you are indicating you're stronger or at least stronger or the same level as they are. Voldura named him and he named Voldura in a mutual naming pact. That's why when that happens, you see them shine and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. what's kind of awesome is in my mind and the, the way I think they kind of said it, anything he consumes becomes a part of him. Now, yes. he consumed the shield that was containing Voldura. But he so, he is not able to make it a part of him. So that's the other thing that no, you need to remember. Th- he true, consumed it so he, that way he could analyze it. So that mm-hmm. way they could figure out how to break it. But that's but never remember, touched on beyond that than them continuing to try to do that in the show. Like he consumes it yeah. and and moves on. Now I'm assuming like yeah. just just uh, especially from episode uh, which one was it where he it's like episode twelve or something like that halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um. When he consumes Ifrit and he, he and Veldora are fighting. So I'm assuming at that point, at some point, the shield had broken. It's just, he can no longer let Veldora out. No, no, that, that, that hasn't happened yet because that in this, in this one, no, I know it hasn't happened yet. I am saying like at what, like, because if you remember in 24.5, right. Mm -hmm. He is sitting with, if making the moves like he is sitting directly across from him, he's able to interact with him in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. There is no shield in between them. And it's not like yes. he is saying or and it's not like I'm saying, oh, the shield's just gone now. I'm saying that it eventually got to the point where he was no longer being being housed in there and he just can't let him out. Right. It's he can't let him out because one, you know, maybe he just doesn't know it wasn't notified or something like that. or Vildora was able to pull him inside the barrier with him, which doesn't make sense because he's able to, if I remember correctly, isn't he still able to kind of use Ifrit? Yes. Yeah, so Ifrit becomes absorbed into his, um, into him. Like Ifrit isn't sealed like Vildora was. He, the only thing that remains was the psyche 
that Valdora was able to seal. Like he was able to take away from the power because anything that, that, uh, that Rimuru eats due to predator or predatory, um, he consumes entirely and it becomes part of him. Part of, part right. of his power. Uh, Everything in our taken. chat helps clarify that he can choose to either fully consume it or house it. Uh, and Jeb then clarifies also the unlimited imprisonment is not broken if it is a spirit. And while they are both inside, it's a shared space. Thank you. Now, what I was trying to say was the, in my mind, he consumed the, the barrier. Right. And as we were saying before, the barrier was leeching power off of Voldora and giving it to the surrounding area. So my logic part, to make logic out of that, the shield didn't stop siphoning power off of Voldora. It just gave it to Rinmaru directly, which is why I think his power was like, that was his own power rather than they were seeing Voldora's power. Because remember when Voldora uh. was consumed, everyone was like, oh, he must have died. We can't sense his power anymore. So that's why I thought that it was actually Rinmaru's power rather than a a mixture. I'll buy it. I'm down for that. I'll accept it. So, but yeah, no, it was what was interesting to me. uh, Let let me rephrase. I'll I'll, I'll Mm -hmm. take the part that Valdora's power is completely gone. I will not take the fact that that you're saying that it's going to um, Rinmaru. Yes. Okay, so... In your in the way that you see it, the the shield stopped doing what it was doing, or the the ceiling stopped doing what it was doing the no, second I it was think, consumed. Because- I, I don't think Rimuru's absorbing his power. That's what I'm saying. It's still being kind of leached out to him. I just don't think that it's that Rimuru's own power is overshadowing and masking Veldora's. Okay, it's so tough because I have more knowledge than just season one, and I'm not supposed to use it for here. So I'm trying to justify in the space of the first season. You and I both have the exact same knowledge. Yeah, I know. And but I'm not having that hard of a time. Because you have the ability to compartmentalize. For me, it's all one thing, and it's great. Um, it's not great. It's, it's kind of annoying. Well, it depends on perspective. Uh, so, yeah, CJ oh, says uh, Rimuru is trying to analyze and destroy the shield, but he isn't using Veldora as a battery, so to speak. Uh is OP as hell. Uh, and then Jeb further clarify, also further clarifies Veldora's power is being absorbed by Rimuru. The unlimited imprisonment can still leak his power. That's why the beasts behave, behaved in the forest. So CJ is, is kind of like agreeing with me. Jeb's agreeing with you. Uh, and then CJ says, if you have more knowledge, you would know that that's not the case, sir. <laughs> well, I mean, it's for a post show. Right. Okay. There you go. We'll save it for the post show. There you go. Season two is still right around the corner. Okay. Let's not forget about that. I'm hoping like next week. Hopefully. We'll see. It is. Um, So there you go. You already know what next week's choice is. Congratulations. (laughs) Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, But aside from the power scale, which I found immensely pleasurable, I liked how everything was done in here uh, uh, up until this point. Um, past that, they stop talking about how strong he is because it's already known he's in, he's crazy strong, and he was able to suck in kind of all of the uh, uh, power that was just emanating, so that no one can know it's him anymore. Well, it's you know not I mean? that he sucked in the power; he just th- that's the visualization they gave. He just basically mm. sealed his power from emitting. You know, because the reference that he said was. 
oh, I've been walking around. It's like I've been walking around with my fly down the whole time. Yeah. Just and no one's <laughs> like pointing it out, like, hey, bro, you're totally just showing yourself off there. And so he then at that point controls it to keep it, you know, from leaking out. It's not that he decides to he's emanating it still. And then he's in an f- infinite feedback loop where he's sucking it in. He's just like out there wandering around with his fly open, you know, mm-hmm. but he's not. A, he, he's concealing. And that, that's a good way to put he's concealing his power rather than walking it, letting it all hang out. Um, and <laughs> what I found really interesting is he starts willy nilly naming everything and getting everyone's loyalty. Oh yeah. And he, you, you see these, these goblin things, just these, these wretched, just barely better than animals. This old decrepit leader, all that stuff. And he starts naming everybody and then passes out. He wakes up to everyone looking a million times better than they were with power that is unrivaled in their race. Um, and uh, it was, it was wonderful. And he was able to gain a following. And then every issue that he ran into, he either consumed it to become stronger or he made them an ally also to become stronger. And the right. world building that it, that occurs in the first 12 episodes, I found to be really, really well done. Like if this was a game, I would buy it 100 percent of the time. I would play it 100. This there, was Final there is Fantasy a game of it, so don't tell mind. me that. Don't tell me that you wouldn't play it 100 percent of the time because there is a game out there for it, if I remember correctly. For it, yeah, not of it. Like it, this, this reminds me of Final Fantasy, not not the Gachapon stuff on like because I played that one too. Okay, so when you say okay, okay, I don't think I'm truly understanding what you're trying to talk about then when you say the game, but we'll get into that later on. Um, okay, what's what's really cool and to continue on with the story, right? Uh, when he's going around and to piggyback off what you were saying is, you know, the naming aspect of it and where he's able to gain the, the respect and, and everything. And the names also hold a lot of power, but when he names them, he's, uh, basically evolving them, but he's also naming people that have more power, more magic or whatever beyond him too. And when that happens, he ends up passing out, especially when he uses names, too many people, he passes out because of it, because they just have a larger mana pool or something like that. I can't remember the exact uh, discussion where, cause it happened when he was naming the ogres. Do you remember exactly mm-hmm. what, what they were talking about when he, when he passed out and why that happened? Yes. Basically every time you name something, you, you, you share your power with them and vice versa. So basically if I was to name you, my power would be given to you mix and come back. And so you would go to, you would go to your maximum and I would take your maximum and add it to my own. That doesn't so seem right. Power, that doesn't seem right. But the reason why he passed out was the stronger beings you name, the more mana it takes. And yes, he ran that out. is correct. The, um, the, the, the him taking the mana, that's not correct. Like I know for a fact, he doesn't do that. He doesn't take it, mix it and then spit it back at them. Well, then how does he get a, a much larger mana pool by naming people? He doesn't get a larger mana pool by naming people. It draws on the mana pool by naming people. So he adds them as a battery? What? No, he, he so doesn't I, add anyone as a battery. He literally uses his magic, his, his magic in general, to name mm-hmm. them. And so he's using magic to name them. And it's causing his okay, mag- so magic to drain. Maybe I misunderstood because I thought 
when he named something, he became stronger as well. No, 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 that, that was never, that was never discussed or talked about. Like they, they never inferred that. So CJ says every time he levels up his health and magic go up, it's like a game. So hmm, then I I have a very severe misunderstanding then. Yeah, so what you're thinking is is like when he uses the predator mode and he absorbs someone to get their powers and everything like that, he's gaining strength like that, he's becoming more powerful like that. As he continues on, he will continue to gain get stronger and everything like that. But it's not like he doesn't gain strength to name them, which is why monsters aren't typically named because it serves them no benefit to name them. Like at all. Like there is there if that were the case, people would be going around naming every monster they possibly could that didn't have a name or trying to rename them. Right. It's because if that were the case, there would be no unnamed monsters. Right. Because someone could go around at that point and start naming themselves and and leveling themselves up and continuing on to level themselves up at that point. And that's not a, not how it's done. Uh Jeb in our chat also says he does absorb some of their skills, but shares them with all of them uh, that has named. That's interesting. So explain this. How was he able as a slime to name Valdura? Don't you have to be stronger than somebody to name them? Uh, well, that's one of the things when that happened. Right. And that's one of the things that he says, right. Or that they talk about in the, in the show is when he's going through and he's naming someone that's stronger than him or has a larger maniple than him or something like, or, or they specify a particular strength than what he currently has. He passes out, right? Basically goes into quote unquote autopilot mode for the duration. And then that's it. So when he named the five ogres, six ogres, he, um, he, uh, passed out and doesn't remember what actually happened. But he, as far as the skills, he doesn't gain any added skills from naming anyone. He just, he just, you know, grants them power. And again, if, because if that were the case, he would be, uh, everyone would be naming everyone because everyone would be getting skills and becoming more powerful. I see. Okay. So something just clicked. Um, CJ in the chat says he got stronger by, by Voldora because he ate all those magicules that he thought were just stones. So. In my mind, here's how I can rationalize that. Voldura was there for 300 years. He thought he'd only have 100 years left, which means three quarters of his strength was dispersed into that cave, which Rinmaru was able to consume. So that's how he was able to get a stronger mana pool or a larger mana pool because he absorbed three fourths of what Voldura did. That's why he didn't pass out when he named him. Does that sound like it might be that might work? Well, Voldora was also already named, right? So Valora, from my from my visual perception, didn't glow or anything like that. He's just like, oh, I now have a last name because he's Veldora Tempest instead of just Veldora. Mm-hmm. Rimuru, however, was given the name Rimuru Tempest, so he was named named, and he gained was stronger like that. Okay, so technically, so adding one name in addition to doesn't take as much magic. No, he he didn't name Veldora. Veldora is just like, oh, I will totally run with this name. He didn't technically name him. It's just what Veldora is going to go around calling himself from now on. Uh, okay, I could have sworn in the animation you saw everything light up, but maybe I'm maybe I misunderstood that. CJ says that Veldora just added to the quality quantity of production of Magicule rocks, 
rather than the fact that they're there. Because apparently they're just there, but in smaller portions. Valura losing his magic made the quantities become greater. And when Rinmaru was in that cave and consumed everything he could find, he accidentally became massively powerful just off based off of the surroundings. Okay, so that makes sense. So I was wrong in the sense, in, in my thought process, that by naming somebody, you got stronger. Um, interesting, though. Interesting that four ogres were stronger than Voldura, as far as like the, the need to name. Yes, and, and then again, they also, and CJ also confirms this too, that naming someone is dangerous because if you don't have enough power, you can actually die from it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but he names a bunch of things, a bunch he of does. people, a bunch of everything he comes in contact with. He's like, you need a name. Well, and um, there's there's a reasoning behind it. It's not like he's just naming people course. just to name people willy nilly. He's he's doing it because one to create the create a society and make it so that way it's more human like. And that's kind of what he's modeling after since he used to be human. And he goes on to clarify this in the show as well. He's also going around and creating ties and and treaties and and he's creating those relationships with everyone despite him being a monster and so instead of people just like going out there killing monsters just because or in general when they have a certain level of intelligence he's not like going up there and naming an ant right one mm-hmm. of the giant fire ants or whatever he's just yeah, he's naming, naming allies yeah he's he's naming people that are of an intelligent and sentient mentality so you have uh, basically a subgroup of, of species. So you have humans, quote unquote, monsters, even though they're not really monsters. And then you have monsters, right? Yeah. So, and the people that he's naming are the people that are of an intelligence. They're able to progress. They're able to think and talk and communicate and things like that. And so they, they, you know, are able to strategize and things like that. And those are the ones he's making the ties with. Those are the ones that he's, maintaining contact with and and he's helping grow and name and everyone else is like just a normal monster so they're going out there they're still slaying like the deer of the world you know they're going out there they're harvesting Mm. they're fishing they're all that other stuff now i thought was quite interesting in my mind was his whole objective rimuru's objective the entire show is he just wants to live a peaceful life and in order to live that peaceful life, he's got to kill a crap ton of people and become strong enough to implement this peaceful life. Well, no, it's not necessarily that he has to kill a bunch of people to implement that peaceful life. It just kind of ends up working out that way where he is kind of forced into it, right? Where he's mm. forced into a situation where he has to kill someone or he has to fight someone or something like that, you know? And it's, and again, it's not that he's just doing it just because he is like put in the situation. So like the orc Lord incident, right? He's mm. not killing them just to kill them. It's because he's forced into a situation or a position where he has to. And then he takes guess, everyone else. Yeah, in. Like, he, he takes them all. Everyone else that's, that's survived or alive after the fact in. So he's not um, just, you know, Hey, go about your life. He's like, I'll, take you in, you'll become, you're going to provide the, this, you're going to do that and everything like that. So I guess, yeah, I mean, he became public enemy number one, not just because well, not public enemy number one, but he became a public enemy mm-hmm. because everyone else were, was putting their own ambitions on him. Like, well, this is what I would do in this situation. So he must be doing the same thing. We got to stop it. And it's just, 
the confusion that caught that that the chaos that caused all of this was kind of funny in my mind. One misunderstanding misunderstanding after another just made it to where he was who was already overpowered just became a monstrosity. Okay. Yeah. And eventually I feel like he'll be able to I guess be the one to enforce. Even though he he's not going to be, he'll be the one who's able to push back for a society that he deems worthy. That makes sense? Vaguely. Yeah. I mean there there honestly, there's a lot that really happens to this anime. There's a lot that goes on in here. There's, you know, a point at which um, you know, he he uh really tries to to grow and grow the relationships and everyone starts like getting afraid or they're they're looking at it as like we need to create this and we need to validate him, so to speak. So when he goes to the dwarven kingdom, right? The king mm-hmm. realizes the strength of potential and he has him watch and and so he's like, we need to go there and we need to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, we're 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 on the right path, you know, to mm. to gain the strength, right? To to be their allies because he foresaw that in the future that that some next level stuff was going to happen and i'm honestly glad and happy that that he looked at beyond the fact that he was a monster right saw the potential saw the strength for it um and and uh continued you know like to to strive for those connections so to speak you know it it goes it goes towards the way that the world is being built and everything. And it's honestly one of the, again, it's one of the better parts of the the show. The world building that we see is yeah. it makes the show everything. Else, like you could have a, a super powered person wanting to make their own way. And you know, the, the show is a flop because right. there's, there's what are the reasons? What, what are your, what are your troubles? What are your, and the thing I like about Rinru is he's not fighting for himself. He's fighting for others. Yeah. And when he finally meets, um, ah, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The mask chick, where he gets the mask from. Oh, I, I know. It who starts you're... with an SH. Uh, it's not Sui. No, I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's, it's the the woman who um, was summoned from another world who had infrit um, inside of her. Um, Shizu. Crap, Shizu. I knew it started with an SH. Um, and like he saw her and was like, "You're you're you're the one I love. You're the one that." That, that's been destined to me. I saw a vision of you. And of course, tragically she dies and he's like, I'm going to get revenge for you. So he, now he's got a mission unto himself. He's got a purpose other than peace. And when you realize the difference between his power and the potential power of those that are for lack of a better way, too strong to care, I guess that that'd be a good way to put it. You realize just how much further he has to go. And it is so nice to see that great well I mean it sucks to see that you could have if you were in that position you could have wiped them off the face of the earth and and not really cared all that much but the fact that you didn't care and you you have now as a show a mountain to climb so to speak right uh, an objective but he that, he also sees that too at the exact same time when he meets uh Milim who's one of the dragon lords and or not dragon lords uh demon yeah, lords demon lords thank you um and he finds out like there are a lot of people that are crazy strong and a hell yeah. of a lot stronger than he is. And, and so, 
what's interesting and what sets him apart from everyone else is like she you know she asks him straight up is like do you want don't you want to become a demon lawyer he's like no nah, i got enough on my plate i don't want that i don't need people coming to try and attack me all the time <laughs> she goes i think i'll do it for you then you don't yeah. want to do that i want to fight you <laughs> yeah like so so there's there is that the fact that she's so so strong like to to a really scary level i would say um for no reason like she fights and she has fun but when she's serious she just wrecks everything there's there's no competition like before her feat of strength i thought okay rinmaru could have a problem but eventually you know it, it'll be okay no she's straight uh, there was a I, too much power in one person in my mind well that's the thing right so instead of her being reincarnated right and th- they're the person that has o- that's op is all hell you're you're given the fact that one uh Rimuru is not the uh, reincarnated overpowered is all hell and and it's there's other people that are far stronger than he is it's just he needs to progress to a point to where he can stand on equal footing to not that's die a from a single story. sneeze <laughs> Achoo, you're dead yep um Oh, yeah, no, it, it's so nice. And the, the progression, the future that you can possibly see here, the future that has the potential to to be is, is just wonderful. And the really, really worrisome thing for me is the lack of, at least the way I saw it, and the, the thing I liked Rinru above everybody else, he cared about life. You know what I mean? He yes. cared about the impact. And when, so... When you're summoned to this world, you're typically a kid and you got to grow into this power, but you'll end up dying because it's a power overlord. There's, there's no, you're not born of that world. So you don't really have a regulator for all that power. Does that make sense? Yes. And Rinmaru upon um, Shizu's death finds out that she was a teacher and her job was to teach these, these people, these summons, because she's much older than them. Because she had a superior spirit in for it placed inside of her. Yes. And her job was to teach these other kids because when you're as strong as these kids, you're not going to listen to anybody normal. Because why would I listen to you? I can beat you up. Very immature. Well, the reason but, the, the reason why that she was tra- teaching them and training them is because she was trying to give them kind of a semi-mostly normal life and figure out a way to save them. Because mm-hmm. they would be dying soon anyways. And it's not that she knew how to do it or she was ordained to teach them because of this or that or because she had the spirit it's what she wanted to do ultimately that's what she chose to do yeah when you're as strong as she is you don't you're not told what to do you you choose what to do and that's that's well there there are a lot of people that find her really strong but there are other people that know that that how strong she is and they can beat her they just look up to her Mm. i mm, okay I didn't know that part. I thought that she was just super strong, mainly because she was a summon and then infrit. Um, I didn't realize there was a bunch of people that just could murk her. Um, but what I thought was quite interesting is upon her death, Rimuru, who was reincarnated rather than summoned, goes, you know what? These kids need some assistance. They need some help. I'm going to go do that for her. I'm going to do that in, in, in her place. Well, it, and, to be fair, he he doesn't exactly say it like that or, or view it like that. He goes... I'm going to do fulfill part of my promise and go help them because that's what he ultimately promised her. Like what one of the promises is that he would go help them. And he's just like not doing it because he wants to. He's doing it because 
he's honoring the request of Shizu. I guess. I mean, I saw it as in my mind, that's one of the same. He wanted to honor the promise. He wanted to do that. So in my mind, that was, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, but what I was saying was he went there and they respected him because he was strong and he could give them manga. (laughs) Mostly because of that, but he had to earn it and show that he was stronger first and get to a hundred percent. So hundred percent. And he would, because of that, he was able to figure out which element they would probably be most associated with with, And he did more research. And I thought it was really awesome that the answer didn't just immediately present itself. He had to search for it. He had to find it. He had to like actively go after it rather than shit just happening to him. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not, I don't think it was the finale of the first season, but it was close to it when he was able to save the kids. There was one spirit in particular that I found troubling because it was like a future. Well, that's what they claim and and that's what they they view. But honestly, at that point, we'll start getting into more conjectures or views and feelings and and the random spark notes that you chose to read at what point. Oh, yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. I feel, Rick, at this point. How did you know? Is going to be a great spot for us to to leave a rating how about you okay i can work with that all right so on a scale of up to 10 sir how would you rate this i would rate this a solid nine okay solid nine the only reason it's not a 10 in my mind is the last little bit was episode 25 was just a recap again fangirling all day long but i really did not find the the level of adoration that Voldora gives Rinmaru to, to be pleasant, I guess. It, it was unsettling for me. You um, try, try being isolated and alone for 300 years and have someone oh, actually come by and talk to you, you know, and I'd carry on a conversation. Well, there you go. You know, I can understand you know, it. You know, I, me all week. I'd go crazy. Right. So there you go. N- then you can completely understand where, where he is no, coming no. from. I still find it annoying. Yeah. But. yeah. All right. So yeah, that's why it's not a 10. And uh, you, sir? It's a great question. Um, Come on, give your four or something. I mean, like, if you want me to give it a four, I'll give it a four. I mean, it is, it is your honest opinion. You just dislike this show so much. Right. Point, pointing out a lot of the facts <laughs> and, and things that are counter to your rose-colored dislike. goggles that dislike. you wear. Uh, for me, I'll go with an eight. I'm going with an eight because when the progression was a little slow, there were certain points of it or certain times where I just felt it a little aggravating or annoying. Uh, they did have a couple of points in the anime where there were a couple of episodes, especially kind of towards the end where it just kind of felt shoehorned in. I understand that they're trying to explain what's going to go on, explain what's happening or explain what will happen or kind of give you a taste for it. I just felt it deterred from the story as a whole. Um, the progression I find a little bit weird, but enjoyable, but it's just not a hundred percent my taste. So that's why I'm giving it an eight. The artwork is nice. The solid the music for when it is there is solid. It's good. Um, the comedy in it, it's really great. I, you know, there are a lot, plenty of funny moments, plenty of funny points in there. So you, it's definitely a show that's well worth the watch. Um, so yeah, eight for me, nine for you. Next week's mm-hmm. choice, as we uh, alluded to earlier, uh, we're going to be talking about season two of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. 
Uh, I know that Rick's looking forward to it. I know that I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, that's honestly it. That's all I got. I got nothing else, sir. You got anything else? I'm good. All right. Wonderful. Well, uh, if you thought we got something right, something wrong, did it too much justice, not enough justice, playing all went off in the weeds, just playing all being dumb or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. We have all our contact information for you available in the show notes as well as on featuredanimepodcast.com. If you want to become a patron here, the pre and post show content that we usually put out with every episode, you can go to patreon.com slash featured anime podcast. A dollar a month will get you access to that bonus content. And if you want to help support us through other means, uh, we do have affiliate links for you in the show notes as well. It's always uh, very much appreciated. And we do uh, appreciate anything that you do. If you click on those links, you purchase anything using them. We do get a little bit of a kickback and it is very much appreciated. Or you can buy our own merch at shop.featuredanimepodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.